everyone. I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast. This is episode 11 of season 3. Episode 51. And the person that wrote the How to Start a Podcast blog said that at 50 episodes, you hit critical mass and you become legit. And I assume also rich and famous, right? Well, I want my money back if we're not rich and famous now. No, we're rich and famous. You have, oh my God, to the people listening, the gobs and piles of money. Like we're literally, we have a mattress without any down in it. It's just filled with cash. That's how much money we're making. What are you going to spend your riches on? Sex toys, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And by sex toys, do you mean... Mommy needs a new uh, cute. I was going to say air tech vibe. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cute, cute girls who need a place to live. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Maybe not rich and famous yet, but by episode fifty-three, I'm predicting. Okay. So this is another episode. That is going to be, it's in that category of, it's vanilla-ish. If you can have monogamish and kinkish, it's vanilla-ish. <laughs> but it does fall on the kink scale somewhere, right? Yeah. Well, and it can be a range of kinky depending on execution too. Okay. Well, and what are we talking about? Oral sex, fellatio, blowjobs. So oral sex on a on a man. On a man. On a penis. Because <laughs> it could be a toy penis, but it's a penis. Okay. <laughs> and why would that even be considered on the kink scale? Because it everyone does this. Right. Right. Mostly. I mean. I mean, there's people who don't, for fluid bonding reasons or something like that, might delay it or something like that. But, eventually, with a safe partner, it's pretty much always part of the program. And so why would that be kinky then? Well, according to Manny's official kink scale. My kink scale? (laughs) It is a kinky act because it does not result in the creation of a new human right there's no biological need driving us towards oral sex therefore it is has to be considered somewhere on the kinky scale but please if you're one of our kinky followers don't tune out and think that we're actually confusing this with kink right it's not it is there is an entire kink scale and on the far end of the scale, about as unkinky as you can get while remaining on the scale is probably oral sex. Right. We did a whole episode on what makes something kinky, and we go in depth about that. But, but because this involves a body part and penetration of body parts, it definitely is on the more vanilla end of it the is. scale. Well, it can be. It can mm. also be incredibly violent and aggressive and dominant or submissive Mm -hmm. and it can be pretty extreme but it's not automatically 
Right. Now here, some funny historical fact. Well, a funny historical fact for you. Oral sex actually used to be considered pretty risque. And the reason I say this is that I was reading a book on the history of prostitution and it talked in the past, well, well, throughout history, about what the prices were for certain sex acts. And it wasn't that long ago, I mean, less than 100 years ago, that sex from a prostitute would cost one price and oral sex would cost more. Well, now it's less. Well, now right? it's less, right. Yeah. Well, well, the reason why is because... It cost more because it was definitely more taboo and more dirty. It was definitely considered more kinky. It was unnatural. It violated a more religious times moral construct. It would be more likely what you weren't getting. You weren't getting this from, from your partner. from your wife mm -hmm. or your your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, girls would develop bad reputations if they did this horrible thing. So, if you wanted this weird thing oral sex, it was considered, it, well, it was just more expensive. It was a niche fetish. And specialty. It's a specialty. Mm -hmm. But as the prostitution industry evolved, a, a number of things changed. For one, uh, you could do this in the back of a car easier as a prostitute. You didn't have to go get a room. You could also it was just capitalism, supply and demand, free market. Mm -hmm. You could have more men jump into the, or you could jump into the backseat of more cars and do this act per hour than having to go book a room, get undressed, go through that whole process, shower. So naturally, you could have more clients per hour. You could charge less for it. And the industry changed and it became something that was fairly normalized. But even in um, early porn, mm -hmm. it, it, it sometimes didn't take place at all. Or if it did, it was a, a precursor to the porn scene. It was not commonplace. And it has, it has become now to a point where it's almost something that you do without losing your virginity or without giving anything up. Uh, a partner can now do this uh, for their partner and still feel like they haven't gone all the way, right? I mean, I'm yeah. throwing out these cliche vanilla terms. Right. But now it's just a thing. And it's progressed. As a 51-year-old, I can tell you firsthand the way women perform oral sex has evolved. Um, thank you, porn. <laughs> Thank you, porn, for educating an entire generation of of women that it's not about licking the tip of the penis with the tongue three or four times before penetration. Yeah, it, it and the way it's depicted in porn has come a long way because it, there was a standard porn blowjob for a very long time where it's like, suck the head. Work the shaft with your hand and that's like... what that's what it was. And the guy <laughs> acted like this was the bee's knees. Right. By the way, maybe it was back then because if that was the extent of what oral sex was, mm -hmm. then this probably was a big deal. Um, yeah. 
whatever you can do to keep the woman from gagging because gagging's a bad thing, right? Or is it? Or is it? So, um, quick funny story. Okay. <laughs> now, you know this story, but this is uh, one of the first things that when we talked about this that I think should be addressed, but I'll preface it with a funny story. So, when I was traveling, uh, you were not traveling with me yet. <clears throat> You'll remember this. And I messaged you because I met a woman on Tinder or Bumble, one of the two. And I was I was excited because I was going to um, go out with, with her that night. Um, she worked at a swingers club. Uh, she was a, a webcam model. She... Uh, <laughs> I do remember and this. She, <laughs> and she gave blowjob classes mm -hmm. now i wasn't like excited the way i would have been when i was 19 like i would have been like you know i probably would have jerked off three times that afternoon waiting for it as we've talked at length about swingers typically aren't any better at sex or certainly not kinkier than people at large maybe slightly better they're a little more open with their sexuality but just because someone's a swinger doesn't mean that it's going to be good sex Right, it's often the same old vanilla sex, just with a different partner. So, I took that with a grain of salt. But she's teaching blowjob classes at a swingers club, and I thought, here's this open sexual community, and she's got some skills to teach them. It it has to be at the very least higher level than roll the dice, random person you meet. Yeah, I would have thought. And I didn't. I was skeptical. <laughs> yeah, you told From me. From my experiences, people who tout their skills or try to, like, sell it as some kind of specialty. Like, when you're good mm. at something, sometimes you just let the skill do the talking. And yeah. Not... And I, you know, I just want to believe. <laughs> I, I wanted it to be true. What do you say? Wait, hold on. You say you um, under-promise... And over-deliver. Over, over deliver. There you go. Yeah. And so we, um, I, I met up with her. I mean, we didn't even have a date. She just came to my hotel room and we started playing. And and it was easily the worst blowjob I ever got in my life. It was, like, I, I remember, like, I was having to fantasize so hard about fucked up stuff just to stay hard because I didn't want to hurt her feelings <laughs> because it was just, I didn't even understand like what, like, like at first I thought she was joking, mm -hmm. you know, like, like when's it going to get good? Like, does that really work on men? Mm. And, but the point I wanted to make with that is I said it was the worst blowjob I'd ever gotten. Does not mean she was bad at it. Not at all. So when I ran, uh, I ran for a while the uh, second most visited sexual education website in the world. And I made the case that nobody's bad at sex. And as I say this, everyone just rolls their eyes, right? Oh my God, that's the dumbest thing well, ever. You haven't been with that person right. that I was with. <laughs> but, but here's the case that I made. Mm -hmm. I made the case that it doesn't matter what you're into, how you do it, what duration, what angle, what words you say, what kink or lack of kink you're into that you do, 
there is a percentage of partners out there that that is exactly what they want too. Mm, there's something you're for everyone. An, you're an amazing lover for that person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's like, what's the perfect cock size? Well, every cock size is the perfect cock size for a woman who wants that cock size, right? I mean, there's, right. there isn't a right or a wrong. Now, that doesn't mean on the flip side, there's not ways to be good at sex. You know, like being educated and listening and communication and blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. that's what this podcast is about. All the ways you can be great, possibly. But you are I don't think anybody's bad. Okay? Right. Some people want it to last for 45 seconds with their shirts on. Mm-hmm. You're great. You're a perfect partner. That's your, that's your dream partner. Anyways, so she wasn't bad. But. It didn't do it for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just reminded me of something that I, I would have gotten back in like the high school days or something like that when the person just was didn't know what to do and back at that age where just the fact that she's touching it with her tongue like is the greatest thing that's ever happened to you in your life mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. uh, so it's evolved and but that doesn't make it kinky yet, except on our kink scale. Right. So, how does it get kinky? Well, for starters, it can be a huge part of a DS dynamic. For sure. Right. Mm-hmm. The you are all you are a submissive. Mm-hmm. When you're performing oral sex, you are always doing it. In a submissive mindset. Correct. Now, just because you're in a submissive mindset does not mean you are not in control some of the time and not in control some of the time. Right. When so you're what, like, what, yeah, what are the differences? Right. When you're laying back enjoying it, I'm 100% controlling what I'm doing, the sensation that I'm providing for you. I am managing you you know listening for your reactions telling what's going well whether i want it to be slow or fast or sensual or not and that's when i am in control it's still from submission because it's more like a service to you like i'm performing a worship of your cock and that is a submissive mindset. Right. So you're topping as a sub, which could sound confusing. Now, you might, you're giving me a look. Like it's not really topping. Right. Yes, it is. Uh, well, let me say this. I view it as that because in a, just in a normal vanilla non-DS relationship, if one person tells the other person, here, lay back and enjoy it, mm-hmm. they're talking to that person. There's, well, pa- there's power exchange in happening. In the purest sense, since I'm the one providing the sensation, then yes, it is a form of topping. But I also wouldn't just do that to you, like, go tell you, it's time for me to give you a blowjob, go lay down, type of thing, you know, because then I would be asserting some control of your time or whatever. I, 
I might ask you if I can provide this service for you at this time or if you have time for me to, which, I mean, who's going to turn that down? But I'm not going to tell you it is time. No. It's a framing of it. Yeah, it, it, all this, I mean, this mm -hmm. is all, I mean, this is all the, the psychology of change mm -hmm. and DS. But nonetheless, you are the one who's in charge at that moment, however we got there, mm -hmm. in a submissive role. But you can also be doing this in a submissive role from the bottom, too. Right? Like, that one's more obvious. As being a pure bottom where I am just a hole for your mom for you to fill like I don't have any control over how far you thrust into my throat or you're grabbing my head holding my face against you to where I can't breathe like there's all of that where I am completely not in control my face is being fucked my it's deep throat that is completely submissive you know I don't have control over whether or not I keep my stomach contents or any of that. So that is definitely completely submissive and bottom, no control at all on my part. Right. And, and on the flip side, I'm in a dominant role in both cases, because like you said, if I'm just laying back and you're doing what I've instructed you to do, mm -hmm. then I'm in control. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can get up and leave. I'm choosing to be there mm -hmm. and you are servicing me. And of course, if I'm just either holding you down or tying you up and just fucking your face. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, both of those things can go both ways. It could, you could be in control and it could turn into that on a dime. Mm -hmm. Well, it always does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point with us. Yeah. So that is, is very much part of a DS dynamic. Um, we even did... Now the dynamic... Can I wait before we move on? Yeah. The dynamic of dominance can also be performed from the bottom side. Like, the one that's receiving can still be the dominant one. Telling the yeah. person giving how to do it, where, you know, like, go deeper, go faster, go... Or, like I said, be the one to say it's time for this to happen, which you do often. Like <laughs> when we, we're just walking, you walk by me, I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and you stick your cock in my mouth. Like that is definitely. Right. We have negotiated that I have 24-7 access to your body. Right. And you. So it's part of my role to be ready for that and not to say that I don't want that at this time or no, whatever. No, I mean, like, a few times a day, I tell you to drop to your knees and mm -hmm. I have my way with you. Right. Not to completion, typically, mm -hmm. but for as long as I want. Right. So in that 24-7 negotiated power dynamic, that is something that you have made available to me. Mm -hmm. And I phrase that that way on purpose because you made that available to me during negotiation. Right. Now that I have control over it, it started because you made that available to me. Right. And it's what you wanted. 
yeah. you wanted to be able, you know, you wanted to be used 24-7. Right. That was a major part of our negotiation because I don't want to wonder if sex is going to be initiated. I don't want to. I like the idea of that you're desiring me and wanting me at any point during the day. So, like, of course it's going to turn you on when you take advantage of that. Now, so there's the DS part of this. We made a mm-hmm. whole video, is is rough sex BDSM? Mm-hmm. And we made the case that it's both. Right. It is not BDSM in the sense when some dom messages you on, or on, you're on Tinder and someone claims to be a dom, and you say, oh, well, what does that look like to you? And they say, oh, I'm going to pull your hair and I'm going to slap you. Mm-hmm. And you go, you're not a dom. That's just, yeah, you know, the smidgenest of rough sex. Right. So it's not, rough sex is not automatically BDSM. But if it's used as a tool for the thing you're trying to accomplish with BDSM, then it is. Right. If, if I, and I do a lot of breath play with you. And that's almost always during deep throating. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with a toy, but that's also deep throating. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I mean, breath play is part of BDSM. I mean, it. Yep, most definitely. Most definitely, mm-hmm. um, it comes with punishments. Mm-hmm. It comes with. Um, we we. Uh, we're getting enough episodes where we can reference back episodes so you can Google it and look it up. <laughs> we did a whole episode about fear. Mm-hmm. You love being scared. Yeah, I do. You like horror movies. You like roller coasters. You like zip lines, skydiving. I'm a thrill seeker. You're a thrill seeker. Mm-hmm. You get an adrenaline rush and you get turned on by being scared. Mm-hmm. You get scared during breath play. Even though you trust me 100% fully through the entire process of not being able to breathe in those last seconds when you need to breathe. Yeah. The biology kind of takes over. You still get scared. My brain knows that you're not going to harm me, but my body still reacts. Same, same process and benefit of actually being afraid, but yeah, in a safe environment. And I love playing with this because it's a great way to scare you mm-hmm. when there's biological things happening you don't have control over. For example, I love putting the Hitachi inside of you. Mm-hmm. And when I'm face-fucking you and, you and you can't breathe or I'm just face-fucking you hard, the Hitachi is inside of your pussy. And I tell you, when you orgasm, you are not allowed to push it out or else you're going to get punishment, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to slap your pussy five times with a crop or something. doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is. And it three times out of four, the Hitachi comes shooting out of you. You squirt all over the place. <laughs> and you, But it's involuntary. You can't stop it. But a lot of that happens from the face fucking because you're getting turned on. Mm-hmm. So that's fantastic. But I've also, because it doesn't always happen, I'll also tell you, you need to push out the Hitachi when you orgasm. Or, or I'm sorry, 
I'll let I'm I'm down your throat. I'm going to take my cock out and let you breathe as soon as you put to, push the Hitachi out during orgasm. And I watch you orgasm at the end of your breath when you're at the last seconds of being able to breathe. And I watch your body orgasm, but the Hitachi doesn't come out. Which, as much as you orgasm, you still need a little time to the next one. Mm-hmm. And so then I tell you as I laugh, I'll, I'll say, oh, well, it didn't come out. I guess you'll have to wait until the next orgasm. And you know damn well you're not going to last that long. <laughs> And I just, that panic and your legs are kicking and you're tap, you're slapping me. I just, oh, it's so much fun. Right. So that's definitely a a dominance, a way to play with the emotion. That's where this act of face fucking is the kinkiest. Yeah. And it's pure BDSM. Mm -hmm. It it just, it happens to resemble rough sex. In, In fact, if you were watching what we were doing, with the volume turned off, mm-hmm. it would just look like kind of aggressive deep throating. Mm-hmm. But with all BDSM, it's about the the psychology is ninety percent of it, mm-hmm. and the actual act is irrelevant. It's almost like saying, "Oh, it's BDSM when it's a cat of nine tails, but it's not if it's a cane." Right. Well, no, that's not true. They both do the same. They're different, but they they accomplish the same goal. Mm-hmm. And so that's why rough sex is, can be as BDSM-y. Fuck, pulling your hair, if it hurts as much as being spanked, that's just pain. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, this is part of BDSM when taken to that, that level. Right. So another way that, well, you just mentioned that I... When I orgasm, I like push out the Hitachi and squirt. Another way that, well, I guess not everybody orgasms during this kind of thing, but I do. But I also do when I throw up. So that, to me, is another le- another layer to this because I am going deeper into my submission. I am releasing control of my body functions and... That includes throwing up some. Most people don't even like the gagging. So getting past that is all mental. And this this is another layer to the why is it BDSM because... Well, let's explain this too. Let's, okay. Because this is going to sound unusual to people. Even, even people who like rough sex and who are kinky, a lot of them, the throwing up is crosses a line not a line where like an immoral line but it's something they don't want to do well and it's not our goal like we're not just turned on by puke no if somebody was getting sick in a bathroom we're not going to be in the next stall (laughs) masturbating from it or something but it's it's not that at all Mm -hmm. it is it is the involuntary reaction it's the physical evidence that you've been pushed Right. It's akin to ejaculation or female squirting. Like it's You can see it, therefore yeah. it becomes more real in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I like, one of the things I like is because you are the perfect submissive to me. You're not perfect, I'm not perfect, but you're the perfect submissive to me is whenever you do something that goes past a certain point that other people wouldn't do, 
that makes me feel more loved, more attractive, more handsome, more dominant, more, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because you are doing this thing that the last person wouldn't do. I mean, even vanilla people would get this if they have a partner that likes to be fucked in the ass mm -hmm. and their their wife didn't. Mm -hmm. It m makes you feel that person desires you more. Or it makes you appreciate the, yeah. the level of giving. Yeah, right. The, and that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, we don't, I mean, I mean, we've, We've messed up more hotel room beds. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, by the way, and we tip well. Whenever we have to pull a sheet off that's covered in wire vomit, we, we, we clean up. And, and there's even times when we'll actually even stop and clean up at the moment. Mm -hmm. There's other times we keep going. It depends on... Well, he, well here's the big one about throwing up. Mm -hmm. There's two different types of throwing up. Right. Okay. There is the, you know, I just drank a bottle of Gatorade and, oh, it's coming back up and I don't like the way that feels, but it still tastes like great flavor. Right. And then there's the part where you get into stomach bile and stomach acid and it burns your mouth and it burns your nose and it tastes horrible and it stinks. Right. And there's a big difference we, between. We don't, we, we typically stop at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, not because it's a rule, but because that's not, that cross, that becomes, not that it's ever fun in the fun sense, but that's a different type of not cool, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's usually almost painful for me and not good painful because I like pain, but it'll burn, like you said, in my sinus, my, my body's contracting so much harder at that point, trying to make this thing stop. That it's just not pleasurable anymore. But right. that's where, yeah, we would definitely. Yeah, we stop and we just, we get cleaned up and we. And it could just be like, we change positions and then we can go back to it. But it's just like after so much stimulation, even, you know, vaginally sometimes it's just too much after a little bit. So you switch and go back to it later. Now what was fun was we actually were interviewed on a podcast from a woman who is very open and progressive with her sexuality and polyamorous and mm -hmm. has a very active sex life. Well, it's Eve with the Fuck Love Laugh podcast and she's been on ours too. Yeah, and, and she's, oh, she's awesome. I, I, yeah. I adore her. She's so cool. Mm -hmm. And, but she was talking about, it came up in a conversation, I think while she was interviewing us about that you threw up and she says, oh, and what'd you do? And, yeah. and you're like, nothing. I um, lick it up and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. And she's like, and she was a little bit shocked by this because that is the point. Like, I'm most normal people. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, normal doesn't mean better or worse. It just means more common. Mm -hmm. But she was like, wait, you kept going at that point? And then we explained kind of everything we were just explaining here. Mm -hmm. And then a couple days later... She messages you. Yeah. So she, what, she said that she was inspired by our conversation and decided to go that far and felt that it was very much in alignment with the, what we were describing being, you know, a deeper level of just letting go and 
it was even a little bit dominant on her partner's part because she gave him the option of stopping. She asked him and he was like, well, if, if you want to keep going, then it will go. And so, she, you know, it was exciting to be a part of that experience for her and her partner too. But yeah, like I would just recommend that anybody who is going to be trying this, like get in your Get it in your mind. Gagging's going to happen. It's not a bad thing. It's actually stimulating for the person receiving because your throat contracts with just that much more force. And, and it feels good, right? It feels great. And I do want to point out real, real quick, too, mm -hmm. is that after she did it, she was happy that she did it. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I probably don't need to do it again. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to do once. Uh, my suspicion, if I had to predict, would be she will do it once in a while. Because once you know you can do it and it's not the end of the world, you know, I, I'm observing this as a dom, but mm -hmm. submissives can get into a zone. Mm -hmm. And they get into this zone this where they're a, they're, they want to push themselves or anything goes. It's never anything. But mm -hmm. they just get into this mindset where they're just, you take them there and they're going. Right. And even if afterwards they look back and go, wow, I can't believe I did that. Oh, my God. <laughs> but mm -hmm. at, at the moment, in the zone, it, it just worked, right? Right. And, it, I mean, it doesn't, like I said, doesn't have to be the goal mm -hmm. that every time I give a blowjob I'm going to puke. But when it happens, it does. And, and there's nothing wrong with it. And yeah. there's not shame or guilt around that it doesn't make you bad at doing it or you know any no, of that no so it's so like like you said it's something you can do now with, with a lot of this and we always have to mention this not always but like we're talking about a male dominant female submissive it can be male to male, obviously, and mm -hmm. trans and all these different categories. Or female dominant and male yeah, submissive. Yeah, female dominant, male submissive. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot, um, from what I've heard, I have no firsthand experience, but mm -hmm. from what I've heard, most men aren't as opposed to giving oral sex as, as some women can be. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this, we we're, we wind up directing this towards, well, as a female partner, here's what you can do. Because mm -hmm. that, that's usually a little bit of a bigger challenge. Well, and um, I think that's part for of... For some people. Yeah, it's part of how women are, or at least used to be socialized. I'm hoping that the newest generation of parents are not doing this to their children. But it's definitely part, or was part of my upbringing. You know, it's an, an American cultural problem too like sex is dirty sex is shameful sex is something that you do behind closed doors and you hide it and it's you know very controlled settings and in the dark and <laughs> right none of that is absolutely well and this is where if like as a female partner female partner to a man you may not understand just how simple men can be Mm. where we as a gender can be so happy and willing to give so much 
with relatively little in exchange. It's just a fact. I mean, if a woman is into certain sexual things once in a while, and I mean not on her on your birthday, mm-hmm. a man will give a lot of himself in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an ego that comes with this. You know, guys, I'm, when the women aren't around, men will have conversations where one of them says, hey, you want to know how to never get a blowjob again? Get married. And all the guys laugh. The married guys laugh because most of them are, connect and can relate to that. Well, if your man is in that room and he knows that you like doing this or do it frequently or do things that none of those other guys none get. of those other guys get mm-hmm. he is going to worship you i mean he's going to come home he's going to bring you a present on the way home and you're going to ask what's that for and he's going to say it's just cuz i love you no it's because of the blowjob you gave him the night before <laughs> it, i'm sorry it is i mean this I mean, we're, I'm speaking to this from a different place because our relationship is different. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're, this is constantly what we do all day. But I'm speaking to men in general. Mm-hmm. If you are doing something special, it he's going to notice. Mm-hmm. And it's going to work out well for you. It's It just is. So it's not just giving blowjobs or a lot of women perform oral sex like that's become common like it used to be if you were the only wife that did that that would probably be a big deal but now all the wives are going to do it some even if it's just to get him hard before sex for a minute or two with mostly hand Mm -hmm. take it to the next level blow his mind Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's always room to grow your skills in anything but especially sexually, like there's so much to explore. If all you ever do is a mostly hand shaft, lick the tip blowjob, try and do more. Try and get it in further. Try and lick the balls. Try and get in there, you know, deeper. Let him take control and lay, fuck your face. Lay on your back, mm-hmm. hang your head over the bed, tell him to grab your wrists and fuck your face. And... And and in that, believe it or not, is going to blow the mind of most men out there. Mm-hmm. Most men are like, I've seen that in porn. And by the way, 100% of them have seen that in porn and jacked off. Mm-hmm. Their wives don't do that. Right. And it's just, a, it's an opportunity. And it's here's the weird thing about sex. And I, it, explain this to me. Maybe you have a theory on this. But with any other part of the relationship, it is considered a positive relationship skill or it's a good quality to do things that maybe you don't want to do for your partner. If you're taking your wife to a chick flick, if she is, you know, cooks you breakfast sometimes when she doesn't like cooking, I don't know. Like all these things are considered wonderful giving skills for some reason when it comes to sex 
you have people that will say, oh, you should never do anything you don't want to do. Well, you should never be made to do no, something well, of you not. don't want to do. Right. That's non-consent. That's not, right. we're not talking about non-consent. Right. But, hey, if you don't like giving blowjobs, honey, you don't give blowjobs. Right. At what part of, like, relationship training did this become a thing that you only do exactly what you want to in bed and don't give to your partner? Well, okay, so I do have a theory on this. Please and share. I, I think it's feminism. I mean, some, feminism is so great as far as leveling the playing field for women in in our society. It gives us access to better education opportunities, career paths, name it. It's improved. Also, the ability to sexually explore in general. There's a little bit less shame. It's getting there. There's, you know, like it used to be if a guy's out and he's like, quote unquote, sowing his wild oats. Like, guys are commended for that. If a chick does it, she's a whore. That kind of thing is a lot less stigmatized now. But in the sexual revolution has also come the idea that I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. It's only about me. And if he doesn't please me or I don't want to do that thing, I never have to do it. But there is a bit of give and take on that. And just well, like you being should... a mother at home is still a good <clears throat> way to live your life, sometimes you accommodate your partner. You drive the kids to school every day or you iron clothes that you hate ironing but and sometimes things, you give a blowjob. All these things are generally considered acceptable except for when it comes to sex. Sex right. somehow has become you do what you want you don't have sex when you don't want right and, and again, I, I'm, that's not, what i'm saying i think that that's because of that mindset like the sexual revolution be, pendulum has swung so far to the right that it's only about what she wants now and it doesn't make he like he's just lucky to be getting it okay that is you're right i have seen that and mm -hmm. i have heard that and yeah the 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 couple that has sex twice a week because she wants to have sex twice a week. Mm -hmm. And somehow that's, yeah. Yeah. So I, I I'm what, hoping wait. the pendulum is going to find center point at some point, which it kind of does with most things. And it, it might just take time, but culturally I think that's where we're at right now. I mean, I, the thing I would say is that, I mean, our sex life, I mean, I've never had this quality of a sex life. Have you? No. I give you everything you want. Mm -hmm. You give me everything I want. Right. The reason why we have this great sex life is we both give each other, the other person, every single thing they want. Mm -hmm. We never say no. Even if it's not high on the priority list. Now, we've, we've explained you know, obviously negotiated a certain dynamic mm -hmm. where it looks a certain way, but ultimately that's what this is. Right. You know, I, I'm in complete control of our sex life, correct? Mm -hmm. right. right. That is my role. I am the dominant in this role in, in the bedroom. And we've negotiated that. Which means I, well, right. Which that also, that means I don't have to give you a damn thing that you want and that's acceptable to you, correct? Mm-hmm. So, it has nothing to do with 
not having different power roles. With that power that I have, that you have given me, it is very important to me that I give you everything you want to make you happy. You've given me power so I can do that. Right. And whatever that means, it's going to make you happy. And I've always felt that even in a vanilla, non-DS relationship, if each partner gives the other partner everything they want, then you win. Right. How complicated is it? Well, even if the motivation is self-motivated like it's my it's in my best interest to make my partner happy if your partner has the same motives as you Mm -hmm. if they also want you to be happy right okay so what about the actual physical skills is this something you can practice for absolutely and it can be part of a ds dynamic too you can have assigned practice time or you can just up your skills on your own I recommend practicing relaxing your throat during toothbrushing because it's something you do twice a day anyway, so you may as well work it in. It's just like doing kegels at a stoplight. It's just something that you can work into your daily schedule. But if you want, if you have a little and you want to do stars on a chart for practicing, I mean, that's great. I, you just blew my mind. I'm going to get a little chart and little gold stars (laughs) and I'm going to put them like every time you accomplish some oral sex goal, I'm gonna put give I'm gonna give you a gold star. <laughs> well, chore charts and star charts are very common. Which, by the way, would work fantastic for littles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, littles would just love their gold stars on their oral sex Absolutely. chart. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, when I started, I, I I have a family member that can't even go to the dentist because they start gagging as soon as like the fingers even get near their mouth. So I understand it's a challenge for some people, but once you get past mentally that there's, this is part of the process, you can get there and start working. I mean, it's a sphincter muscle, just like several other similar muscles you have in your body. You learn to contract and relax and you can relax your throat. And that makes face fucking and deep throating a lot better. But I just use my toothbrush. I start at the tip of my tongue and work my way back. I mean, we'll scrub our tongues at all. Hopefully, helps with bad breath tip, tip for the day. <laughs> so we scrub and get further and further back. I can go all the way back to my tonsils and go around them and clean them. So, I mean, I've been doing it for years. It's just how how often and how well-trained you can control that muscle and then in the dominant role mm-hmm. it starts with negotiation and being clear if this is something that you want be clear that that is part of that da- dynamic that you're seeking in this relationship mm-hmm. if your partner is adamant they don't want to do it well then you have to evaluate if you're going to live without it mm-hmm. or if you want to not be with that partner But if you have a partner that, a submissive that wants to give that to you, and I would say the vast majority of submissives, if that's their role, most, Mm -hmm. you can never say all, but most want to be able to do that. 
you tell them you want them to be able to deep throat you. They say, I can't deep throat. Most submissives will say, but if you can train me, I'm, I want to learn. And, learn. and that's very common and that's, with anal too. Like if you want to, yeah, but you've never done it. It's a learned thing. So, mm-hmm. so as the dominant, then you need to, to train your submissive mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Now, as the penis holder, you might also need to be aware of your body size because certain cocks only hit certain spots in the throat, which might be harder. So knowing, like I've been with men who have smaller penises and it's like right at my tonsils. It, I can hold the gag back for a while, but it's going to come a whole lot faster than when I'm with you and your cock goes right on past that down my throat. So knowing that you might need to, you know, take shallower strokes or take longer strokes unless you're doing it on purpose, which you do to make me gag. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, don't, you know, don't tell me that if I, (laughs) <laughs> don't don't go all the way back. If I just hit the back of the throat, you're gonna throw up. Don't tell me that I can do that, because I, I may choose to do that to you. And you do. And I, <laughs> and I do, depending on my mood. It's and it's up to me. But also the level of force. So if you are not warmed up, taking somebody's face and putting it right down there and ramming, like the body is automatically going to clench down and lock the throat so you're not going to have access to that hole for a second until I get my mind around okay my throat is opening and then it'll pass through now I'm getting better at that because I practice but for somebody who's just getting started they might think oh well I can't get it past that I just can't open my throat but it's because of the way it's being introduced. If it, if maybe you allow the bottom to take the role and work on passing past the tonsils, then... Well, this all is based on the dynamic and mm-hmm. the, the kink of the people involved. So again, that could be part of the, the practice session, you know. But that's uh, what... But everyone, there is no right or wrong way to do this because no. you can absolutely have a submissive that likes her daddy dom, the caretaker who is going to go easy and is going to reassure her Mm -hmm. and tell her how good she's doing and then give her rewards and Mm -hmm. compliments and love and affection and we're only going to do a little bit today and then next week we'll do a little more. That is exactly what some submissives need. Mm -hmm. You have other submissives who they don't want a daddy dom. They hate the word daddy. Mm -hmm. They're masochists. They want to be pushed and they or want to be told or humiliated. They want to be told, listen, you fucking whore, you're going to take my cock down your throat. And if you throw up, I'm going to, I'm going to punish you for it. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. That is, it's a bad thing for submissive number one. Mm-hmm. It would be a terrible thing for a caregiving daddy dom to do. Well, sometimes. <laughs> it depends. And, uh, it, and it's 100% what's been negotiated and what's going to turn the people on that are doing but it. But both of those things are training. Mm-hmm. Although I will tell you that people are, we're all humans and no matter what role your woman is in, she's still a woman and she's your partner. 
I can guarantee you that rewarding good behavior will always get better behavior. Mm-hmm. Even if reward, rewarding that behavior means calling her a dirty whore and, and slapping her. Mm-hmm. If that's what the reward is, that's the reward. And extra snuggles, being harsh during and then extra snuggles during aftercare if the person or something. Wants. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's the, the thing is we're all in these different roles and we live these roles. It's not that we're pretending. We're not just role playing. Mm-hmm. But we're also humans underneath all of it with the same needs and desires. And right. we all want to be loved. We all want to know we're making our partner happy. We all want to... Even uh, Doms want to serve. Mm-hmm. They Even if they don't admit it. Uh, I don't know. There's some pure sadists out there that would not fall in that category. Yeah, they just don't give they a don't fuck. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> but I would say that... that but. That's but they're but they're a specific group. Mm-hmm. Most of us have the same needs, so this is. No we different. want to know that we're doing a good job, and yeah, and I want to know that I'm making you happy. But mm-hmm. I, but you're making you happy might mean letting you know how happy you're making me. Mm-hmm. So this is a full range. We started off with about as vanilla as you can get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the blowjob lessons at the swingers club. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all the, the way, way up to, to violent face violent fucking, face <laughs> fucking, vomiting, mm-hmm. with fear being introduced, and oral sex is a kink. Yeah, it it is. It can be. Uh, it could be. Oh, by the way, we just left something completely out. What? Which I almost just called this podcast, and then realized, what about the female dom to the male submissive? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll sum this one up real easy. Mm-hmm. She does whatever the fuck she wants and he shuts his mouth. Or opens it because that's what she's told him to do. <laughs> yeah. No, but a, another way to con- for a female or somebody who's being dominant is to prevent the, the receiver of the blowjob from coming, telling them that they can't climax during the uh, the performance. Right. So, in other words, whatever the fuck she wants. Right, exactly. So, yeah, that's there's definitely opportunity from the dominant side, and femdom or male dominant doesn't matter, um, for the receiver to be the submissive and to have to lay there and take it, and you can berate them while they're doing it. Or talk about. That it barely fills your mouth or what, you know, humiliation can 100% be part of it as much as it's a submissive act for me to be giving it to you where I'm worshiping and, and yumming and mm-hmm-hmm-ing. Well, probably the number one act of dominance for a, a femdom to her male partner as far as oral sex is just not giving it. Uh-huh. That's part of it, too. Just like I said, that it almost becomes it almost becomes easy. Mm-hmm. Like just the femdom just does what she wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said that a couple times already, but that's really ultimately what it comes down to. Men in that position, strange as this may sound to those outside of our world, but you can have a femdom that, when she finally gives oral sex to her male submissive. That male submissive stops showing up. Mm, yeah. 
like you can lose your client that way mm-hmm. be, by finally giving them the thing. Everyone's different. I'm generalizing, but uh, not getting it is something that people do seek out. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, there's female submissives that enjoy denial and chastity as well, but I think it is. A, it's less common, though, don't you think? It's a little bit more common in the male submissives. Which is it's so ironic because most women can get, I don't know, it just seems like that it's ironic. But it, it's because men are so want this thing mm-hmm. that there's a group of men out there that want to be denied it. Mm-hmm. But that's the wonderful world of kink. Right. It's why it's a kink buffet, you might say. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so tell us what you think. Did yeah. we did we get it right? Are we? Um, I want. Here's what I want to hear from on this episode. Okay. I want to hear from people in the kinky community. Did we make our case that oral sex can be? part of hardcore BDSM and kink because I know at the beginning some it sounded pretty fluffy it sounded pretty <laughs> fluffy it yeah. sounded pretty YouTube sexuality podcast this person just spoke at a TED talk now they're going to speak about kink and people that are hardcore in the community go yeah no mm-hmm. so I want to know if we made our case yeah tell us what you think. Tell us how you practice your blowjob skills. And all of our contacts are available for social media on our kinkbuffet.com. Or you can send us an email at kinkbuffet at gmail.com. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>